Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 47. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's episode, I called this, What Makes Stocks Go Up? What you'll learn are the three types of investing strategies, the one thing that makes stocks go up, and the two things not to do when investing in stocks. I remember when I first started investing in stocks, I was terrified. I worked for the mutual fund industry and they said buying stocks was too risky, I'd lose all my money, and that I needed broad diversification in order to be a successful investor. And actually, what I found over the years as I was buying individual stocks was exactly the opposite. I found that I made tremendous wealth buying individual stocks, that it wasn't too risky if I knew what I was doing, And I didn't need to have broad diversification. Some diversification, yes, but not 100 stocks in a mutual fund. So it's really interesting. I actually taught myself how to invest in individual stocks. And you'd think that since I was in the investment industry for over 25 years, that that would have been something that was taught to me. But it wasn't. In fact, it was discouraged. And because I worked for the mutual fund industry, they did everything they could to promote mutual funds and brainwashed us into thinking mutual funds were the best investment, bar none, the wealth building way, the way to retirement, and all of those things. And it was none of those things. So sometimes mutual funds can perform well, yes. But do they build wealth? In most cases, Not unless you're in them for years and years and years. And as many people have found, maybe just a regular index fund or a fund that owns an average of the stocks out there, like the S&P, the Standard & Poor's 500, owns the 500 largest companies in the U.S., maybe just owning those is broad enough and well enough of an investment, it's enough of a good investment, to stand on its own. And you can buy it as an exchange-traded fund. A static portfolio is an exchange-traded fund, whereas a mutual fund, managers are buying and selling companies, stocks, all the time. And they're managing the fund actively, whereas an exchange-traded fund is a static portfolio that just always is the same. So What I found was that by reading William J. O'Neill's book, which is called How to Make Money in Stocks, it was extremely clear, extremely right on target, and I eventually grew my stock portfolio to $2 million and made $1 million in one year. Now, yes, that was back during the technology craze, and that's not a normal return, but I have to say that the Investor's Business Daily 
publication is absolutely my favorite. It is the best publication for stock investors. I don't read the Wall Street Journal. I really love Investor's Business Daily. And if you combine William J. O'Neill's book with Investor's Business Daily, you definitely can be and become a great investor. So stocks are simply businesses that are owned by shareholders. They must put the interests of the shareholders first, not their customers, but their interests of their shareholders. So once a company goes public, and here's a recent example of Facebook going public, you certainly felt a shift from keeping their clients happy, their customers happy, to making money and looking to profitability and making their shareholders happy. You definitely have felt that impact on Facebook if you do any business over there at all. So what's the first kind of investor and what is their strategy? Well, the first kind of investor is known as a value investor. And they look for out-of-favor companies, companies that are kind of downtrodden, that need to have a turnaround or some kind of a situation to help improve their profits and earnings. Their stock price is usually below their intrinsic value. And Warren Buffett looks for companies like this, but also looks for companies with what he calls a wide moat around them. You know how castles have a moat of water around them that protects the castle? Well, he likes a wide moat around companies which provide low competition and low ability to copy them so that they're unique. Think of a company like Disney. How difficult would it be to try to copy the company of Disney? Be extremely difficult. So Disney has a wide moat around them. The problem is... Nobody also knows exactly how Warren Buffett has had the success he's had, so no one's able to actually copy his strategy exactly, and I've never seen it work quite so well for other people. So there's some secret sauce that Warren isn't telling us that he looks for in his companies, and that makes the value investing model a little bit more difficult than just buying undervalued companies. The growth investor model is the second model. And the growth investor looks for companies that are growing fast with consistent earnings, consistent earnings being key. They are companies like technology companies, financial companies, healthcare. Those are all good examples. And they tend to be popular with mutual fund managers. Again, mutual funds are stocks or companies, businesses that are pooled together in a common fund that you own a portion of. And they're professionally managed by a manager. He's buying and selling companies that he thinks will be better investments all the time and letting go of those he thinks won't be a good investment in the future. And as a growth investor, you want companies with consistency and that are steadily growing. You want them also to be increasing their earnings at an increasing rate. So let's say you have a growth stock, a growth company, that's growing at 12% per year. It's increasing at a 1% rate per year, which is great for a growth company, but it also can be increasing at an increasing rate. So let's say that it is starting at 12% 
and then it increases to 14% and then 17% growth the next year. So their earnings are increasing at an increasing rate. Many growth investors don't care what the price to earnings ratio is. And price to earnings ratio is a term you need to be familiar with if you're investing in stocks. It's called the P-E ratio. It's actually a real ratio. You take the price of the company divided by the earnings per share and you come up with a number. And that number is a number for the industry. It's a number for what is the average price to earnings ratio in the industry. Now, over history, the average price to earnings ratio has been about 15 throughout years and years and years of time in history. The current average today is about 19 for the Standard & Poor's 500, the 500 largest companies in the US. So the average stock is expensive if it's selling above that historical 15 PE ratio. So that's something for you to keep in mind that the PE ratio is compared to an average and if it's above that average then it's considered expensive. It's not about how much the price of the stock is, it's not that. It's about it's expensive in regard to the average PE ratio. So people tend to think and growth investors don't care what the PE ratio is. They think to get a fast growing stock the PE ratio is usually high and usually above average because its future is so bright. And if you look at companies like Microsoft, technology companies, other growth companies, you'll see that their price to earnings ratio has usually been very high. And that's not unusual for a very prize fast growing growth stock. So they typically will keep that stock until they see the earnings growth rate slow. For example, if you were having earnings grow at 30% a year and then it slowed to 28 and maybe down to 25, then the growth investors are not so happy with that company anymore. And even though it's still growing at a fabulous 25% annual rate, because it's a decreasing rate and not an increasing rate of earnings, they are not so happy with it. And that's when you see some big sell-offs and some prices go down pretty quickly when earnings announcements come out from the company and they're less than they've been before. So a lot of companies, a lot of people rather, dump the stock and look for something with increasing earnings instead. So that's a growth investor. The third kind of investor is what's called GARP, G-A-R-P, which stands for growth at a reasonable price. It's kind of a combination of a fundamental value investor and a growth investor. It means that they want to find fast-growing companies but that aren't as expensive by P-E ratio. So again, when you look at their price divided by earnings, you get a number. And when you compare that to the average number of all stocks, then it is either below average, on average, or above average. And so the growth at a reasonable price, they're paying a little bit more attention to that P-E ratio, and they want something that is not way over the average. So it's sort of like if the average computer costs $1,500, 
And then if a computer costs over $1,500, then it's expensive. If it costs below $1,500, then it's considered cheap. It's the same thing with the PE ratio. It just gives you a measurement that you can look, is something expensive or is something not expensive, depending on the average. So, you know, if you're paying, a if you have a 30 PE ratio, not only is that twice the average, but it means you're paying $30 for every $1 of earnings that the company is putting out. So the average is to pay $15 for every $1 of earnings the company's putting out. So when you're paying $30 for every $1 of earnings, you can see why it is expensive. And it can indicate that the whole stock market is overvalued. And over time, the belief is that there's a reversion to the mean. That's a typical phrase you hear in the investment industry, quote, reversion to the mean. That means that the average will get back to 15 again for the entire stock market for their P.E. ratio. For that to happen, stock prices would have to go down and stocks can stay overvalued for long periods of time, much longer than you think, mainly because it's due to cycles and not because of just valuations. So sometimes because cycles repeat in, in regular increments, sometimes it appears that P.E. ratios are higher for a much longer period of time than they should be. I tend to be a growth investor who likes stocks that have consistency of earnings. If you look at a chart of a stock price over the last 12 months, which I love to look at stock charts, it's my favorite way to look at investments, is to actually look at a visual and look at the chart of the last 12 months of the stock price. In my opinion, the best stocks grow at a 45 degree angle. In other words, their stock price has been increasing very consistently and they don't have a lot of fluctuation of price. That's my favorite stock to buy and that's how I made a fortune by following that formula. Just looking at what stocks are growing at a 45 degree angle. If you're familiar with Investor's Business Daily, you can see all the stock charts. They also rate them by how their industry is doing overall and how they as a company are doing individually. So they rate the stocks by industry and they rate them by company within that industry. So they give each stock two numbers if you, and the best is 100. If you find stocks rated 98 or higher in their industry, meaning their industry is right at the top of the good performers right now, the best performers, and they're rated 98 or higher for the company within that industry, you've got an awesome stock. If you've got a 98, 98, somewhere right around there, 97, 98, 99, 97, right in there. If you've got those two ratings from Investors Business Daily, those are some good stocks to buy. Whatever you do, do not buy a stock because of a concept. You know, like they create a new power source that you think should sell really well and it makes so much sense and oh wow, it's the next big thing. And the other time you shouldn't buy a stock is if someone gives you a stock tip. Don't ever buy a stock because someone else tells you to buy it unless you do your homework and you look at the earnings growth, you look at the consistency of the price on the chart for the last 52 weeks, and you look at the P.E. ratio at a minimum, besides looking at other things about the company. 
You want to look at the industry they're in. You want to look at their ratings in Investor Business Daily. You've got to check all those things out. It's my belief that the overall stock market, again, their performance is due to cycles. And so the current cycle is indicating that perhaps September 2014 stocks could go much higher into the fall of, of 2015. So for the next year, starting in September 2014, it looks like stocks could go much higher into the fall of 2015 and then have some serious problems. What did you learn today? You learned the three types of investing strategies, which are value, growth, and GARP, growth at a reasonable price. You learned the one thing that makes stocks go up, which is earnings. And earnings increasing at an, earn at an increasing rate is also good. And you learn the two things not to do when investing in stocks, right? Don't buy a concept stock and don't listen to tips. So here is your action step for today. Identify whether you are a value, growth, or GARP investor. I told you I'm pretty much a growth investor. I like GARP a little bit too, but I'm not too concerned with PE ratios being high. So I consider myself a growth investor. But are you value, growth, or GARP? Pick up Investors Business Daily and observe which charts are at 45 degree angles. My resources page has a link to an IBD subscription at a discounted price and also the book How to Make Money in Stocks. I make a small commission if you use my links and it does not cost you anything extra. So I'd really appreciate it if you're planning to buy Investors Business Daily as a subscription or the book How to Make Money in Stocks to buy it off my website. That publication made me millions of dollars by doing what I just described to you, looking at the charts, using the 45 degree angles, using the 98-98 or around there measurement of industry and stocks they tell you exactly how to make money in stocks. It's a fabulous publication. I highly, highly recommend it. I subscribe to it myself. It just, it's worth its weight in gold. So I wanna also remind you about the Super Rich and Fabulous Cruise coming up in November, 2014. For people who don't wanna run out of money in retirement, or they have a business and would like the opportunity to be an international cruise ship speaker, uh, we will have a great time. We're gonna have an amazing trip. I did the same cruise last year, but with different topics as on the speaking part of it, but the same itinerary, same ship. So by adding more powerful topics, topics that are going to help you build wealth, help you learn how to keep your wealth building going and how to overcome any obstacles that you have about wealth building, how and where are the best ways to generate income, where billionaires are planning to make their next fortunes and you can too, how to earn income for the rest of your life, and understanding more about bubbles and cycles and trends to build wealth. We're gonna have a lot of fun on the ship. We have fabulous dinners together. We are gonna have tremendous ports in the Caribbean from Miami to St. Thomas, St. Martin, and um, 
Saint and San Juan, we are going to have the best time. So come and join us. All the details are at lindapjones.com forward slash cruise. And if you haven't signed up for your 21 Days to a Wealthy Mindset yet, that's the best way to get started with your wealth building. Wealth building begins in your mind. It's the most important thing for you to give attention to and the one that most people give the least amount of attention to with wealth building. So go on over and sign up at lindapjones.com for 21 Days to a Wealthy Mindset. I give you lots of tips and information, videos, short things that you can do every day to really improve your wealth building. You won't be disappointed. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.